Hey all, welcome to the Common Good Podcast. It's a Tuesday, August 9th. Dan, we always start talking about the weather, but today we're just going to talk about the dark clouds that are rolling over Mar-a-Lago and uh, <laughs> the storm that is brewing because the President of the United States, former President of the United States, can't do anything right, even leave the presidency without creating a national crisis. The man is incapable of doing anything good. It's just, you know, vote common good. All we ask people to do is to make the common good their voting criteria and their, I don't know, their orienting principle for life. This man, former twice impeached, uh, failed presidential candidate Donald Trump, investigated by the FBI to the point that they issued a search warrant for his property in Mar-a-Lago yesterday and went through it according to him the former failed presidential candidate also went through his safe yeah, so broke either into they, his cracked, safe. they cracked the uh, code on his on his safe which you know was probably 2020 it's probably the code 2020 because <laughs> yeah. he can't think of anything else no maybe it was you know like uh, one one zero three twenty twenty, uh, the day that you know uh, he, he lost the election. They are looking for apparently documents that he did not return after he illegally took documents from the White House. Then was contacted by the Justice Department, by the FBI, by others. Did not return all of them, so the FBI had to get a search warrant from a federal judge signed off on by the Justice Department, an enormous step for anyone to take Yeah, for FBI agents to have to go on the property and take whatever they were looking for. It is... Yeah, never in American history has this happened where a president, former or sitting, has been investigated like this to where they get a search warrant and crack safes <laughs> and look for stuff. And look like for just stuff. unheard of. Just just bananas. And, and the, the thing is, you know, like when I first saw it this morning, there was part of my heart that sort of felt like, okay, all right, finally, you know, the up and comings are up and coming and there's going to be some kind of consequence for the, and there was a little bit of that. The system can still work even with this current set of Trump supporting Republicans. And then I thought, we shouldn't all have to be going through this. We should have moved on months and months and months ago from Donald Trump and been on to other things. But instead, his inability to do anything right causes all of us, causes the whole political system, the FBI, the Justice Department, to still have to run around fixing this man's utter incompetence, criminality, and mistakes. <laughs> it just is, it's exhausting just exhausting that we still have to go through all this. It's mm -hmm. exhausting that the people who support Donald Trump still have to support the man, that they have to stand out on streets, or that Kevin McCarthy and that uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders has to put out tweets now attacking the FBI. Like, can't everyone just say we're so tired of the shenanigans and worthless behavior of this man? It, it, I'm just irate about the fact that our political system should be existing to benefit people. And instead, mm -hmm. people are having to run around and argue about if now the FBI's search warrants are valid or not. <laughs> of course they're valid. Like it shouldn't even, you shouldn't. Yeah, they did not do this lightly. 
You know, like you don't just on a whim decide you're going to search the personal abode of the former president. Like you get all your ducks in a row. Like I'm sure they had so many people looking over these search warrants to make sure everything was, you know, ironclad because they know that it's going to be under scrutiny. And apparently the only way you can get a search warrant, a federal search warrant like this, is that you make an argument supported by a federal judge and the FBI's highest levels of leadership. You have to make an argument that there's no other way that you can obtain the pieces of information, the evidence, the, the, the stuff you're looking for. You can't get it any other way. Remember way last February, news stories came out that Trump's team was having to negotiate with the National Archives. I mean, and again, who's ever worried about what the National Archives is up to? Who know who knew the National Archives could be like, hey, Justice Department, hey, FBI, we need your help. Like the yeah. National Archives, I thought it was like the place where they just stored the stuff. Apparently it's it's more than that. So you can't just go get a search warrant just because you think it's the most, you know, convenient way for you yeah. to do it. You have to prove that you've tried everything else. There's no other way to get it. And if you don't get it, there would be damage to the United States. That's what will be the, the basis, mm -hmm. uh, the, the standard for a search warrant, which means that what's there is something that people in the FBI and people around the national security system believe would put the United States in jeopardy. So once again, all the people that say things like, oh, Donald Trump's you know, privacy rights are being violated, this is not about Donald Trump, actually. This is all about the safety of the United States. And for some reason, he has something there that the federal structure of criminal and national security protection says, we cannot have that at Mar-a-Lago, whatever is there. Mm -hmm. To the degree that they go through all of this legal work and then send FBI agents in spending the better part of a day in his facility going through the place looking for this stuff. The, you know, we, we often say, sometimes tongue-in-cheek and sometimes with the seriousness that it deserves, Donald Trump is a threat to the United States, the planet, and everyone who lives on it if he's in any position of public authority. This is what we're getting at. The fact that the man was Mr. Loose Lips as the president, remember the time that he told the Russian ambassador that he had just fired James Comey? Remember when he's talking about that with those guys? And yeah. their own press people are there and, 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 and leak it? This is the kind of thing that has just been nonstop with Trump. Apparently, people that go to Mar-a-Lago, he goes off just loose lips about things that people are like, that's something you shouldn't be telling people. Right. <laughs> so the fear that the FBI has about the behavior of Donald Trump and whatever was at Mar-a-Lago is what caused this. Like, it's easy to think the man just can't follow the rules. He took stuff he wasn't supposed to take. Mm -hmm. Like, anybody, any of us who have left a job are like, I don't know, crap, I got this thing. What do I do with this thing? Do I, do I bring it back? Do I, you know, yeah. normal stuff about just leaving the job. Okay, if that's just what happened, like, Oh, the, hey, the movers grabbed the wrong thing or I left something back at the office. I should probably go and get it. Yeah. This has been months in negotiation about whatever is there. Did you see the report that they said when they listed out the items that Donald Trump took from the White House and brought to Mar-a-Lago and the National Archives said, 
you have to bring that stuff back. And here's a list. Some things on the list said something like unable to disclose what it is. Oh, wow. Because it's so sensitive that to even reference what it is would somehow put something in jeopardy, would, right. would violate a level of, of secrecy around it. So they, know, they knew what all the things were. It's not like they think, I don't know, where did I leave my AirPods? Like, I can't, did I leave them <laughs> yeah. in the car? You know, like, I don't even know what I'm, you know, wh where they are. I don't even know what I'm looking for. Is there something else gone? I feel like I had something on my desk. It's none of that. Mm -hmm. They know what they're, what's missing. Yeah. And they're trying to find it. Just and stepping why... back from all of this craziness is <laughs> bonkers. Why is he taking it to his house to begin with? Like, what does he want with it? I don't even like. I don't know. Are you know some of it trophies? was like those like... love notes. Was those love notes from Kim Jong Un that was in the first batch? <laughs> Did you know that? There's the love notes. Yeah. And it was menus. He took menus of what was served at dinners. That's like for you a know scrapbook, what? what what is totally like? Do you think? Do you think someone was like going going off to one of those uh, you know weekends? Do, do you think you know? <laughs> He's had a nice little scrapbooking weekend at Mar-a-Lago. Put <laughs> put a thing together and be like, "Hey, we just wanted to present to you some of the highlights. Here's your uh, your private communication with a brutal dictator in North Korea. <laughs> and remember that time we had the flan? Yeah, there's a there's a little." Do you think he tried to flush any evidence down the toilet this time? or? Oh, you don't think there was a plumber inside Mar-a-Lago? <laughs> like someone's in there with a scope and looking down the toilet uh, trying to... It just, it's... Like, it, it can feel comical and it can just feel outrageous. Right. And then you also realize, oh, no, this is the guy that, like, led the insurrection. This mm -hmm. is the man who... Oh, uh, this is the guy that had the nuclear codes. Nuclear codes. And then, Who, I don't know if you followed, um, recently there was a, an interview with General Milley, who was on the, the cabinet, in the cabinet or whatever, talking about how there was this, basically a conspiracy of the adults in the room to prevent Trump from starting a war. Like they were, they were really? doing all this work behind the scenes just to make sure he didn't start a war. Like uh, after, after the election, after he lost the election? No, just throughout his presidency. Like oh, it's really? our job to just make sure because the president has these sweeping powers to, you know, initiate right. right any sort of strike or war or whatever, and then Congress has to, you know, vote to keep going with it. But the president can just decide to bomb some places, you know. And these generals were like, "Hey, we." Uh, this isn't in the job description. It's technically a little bit against the Constitution, but we have to prevent him from <laughs> starting a really? war. Just reckless. Yeah. Just chaos and recklessness and and foolishness. It's hard. It is truly hard to imagine that someone with this level of incompetence was in that role. Like whatever you think yeah. about presidents and whatever you think about, maybe we don't have the best people running for office and whatever you think the clown show is that makes up our government for sure. But generally speaking, our presidents, some have been good at their jobs. Some have been bad. Some I've agreed with some, you maybe have agreed or disagreed with all that, but there's never been a sense that the person was so unhinged that the decisions that they make are, to the degree that the FBI 
Now, look, and, and I know people that are saying things like, well, this is how a lot of us felt in 2016 when Democrats nominated Hillary Clinton. They thought, and I know we, we mock, and I will gladly mock forever the phrase, but what about her emails? But to people for whom that was serious, and for James Comey, who 11 days before the election in 2016 said, we're going to reopen the investigation to just take another look and make sure that what you know went, went on here with the emails was okay. That kind of thing, yeah, that, that can be disqualifying for people. So I get it. I, I don't mm -hmm. think ever you should have thought that Hillary Clinton's emails were something to be worried about. But if you did, fair enough, right? If you thought her emails were really a problem and you thought she was jeopardizing national security mm -hmm. because she kept those copies of those on a private server that delivered them to another email address... And that worried you, and you thought this person should go to jail. She should go to Lock jail. Lock her up was the chant. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's because you're a person of principle, right? Somebody who thinks <laughs> such things. So they're, they're clearly just law and order. They just mm -hmm. want things to be orderly, and let's just take care of business, and let's have this executive branch function with its executive functions and work well. And then you're like, but I really like Donald Trump's policies, <laughs> so, I mean, this is the logic that goes on. Like, oh, I, yeah. I can't elect Hillary because her character and her bad behavior. I know Trump has bad behavior, but I really like his policy. It just is, mm -hmm. it's not just about any one thing. If, again, had Donald Trump, had this been the only thing Donald Trump ever did, right? Had he not consorted with, with criminals, had his campaign staff and people that he put into positions of leadership, not been convicted, convicted of federal crimes. Had there not had to be a probe into his campaign, had he not tried to bribe and leverage the president of Ukraine about weapons uh, to uh, being held hostage for him to investigate his political opponent's son, had that not happened, had he not led an insurrection against the United States and really wanted people to uh, overturn the electoral college votes, maybe someone could say, okay, there, why are we making such a big deal out of all this? I think what the Justice Department has looked at, I think what the FBI has seen, maybe what a federal judge has seen, is that there is a pattern of criminal behavior going on. That it's it's this is not just oh one thing we're having a real argument about is this a private item that I can keep or something mm -hmm. you can keep this is being dealt with in a hostile environment to the point that they didn't issue a subpoena they right. didn't send a legal document and say you have X Please number bring of days these in. they issued a search warrant and showed up with a bank of FBI agents and forensic agents to start going through his property. Remember when they when, when they also went into his businesses in New York like a year ago? That whole, that whole thing, I don't know what's come out of all of that. Maybe that's still mm -hmm. an indictment. Maybe that's still in front of a grand jury. So in other words, the federal government has gone into Donald Trump's businesses. Now they've gone into his home. My guess is they're not done that whatever they're looking for going after on a wide range of things, whether it's tax fraud, whether it's taking documents that are not supposed to be had, they are um, willing to step over lines now that have never needed to be stepped over. 
it's just. It's, uh, do you think this is a situation where Donald Trump has done all this egregious stuff, but he gets caught like the mob for something minor like tax evasion or he didn't return the menu to the, yeah, the, records know, the Act, National the Presidential Arc. Records Act? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, look, it could be if he's, if he's charged. I cannot imagine that they're going to invoke the FBI with a search warrant if they're not working in a criminal space. Mm-hmm. You don't invoke the FBI to help the National Archives fulfill right. their presidential catalog. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine <laughs> if that's what they're if that's what they're they're doing? We got um, them, boys. We got the we got the, the paperweight that was given to them by the so and so ambassador. That, that's that's not how it works. And, and and also, this is not Democrats doing it. That's the FBI, the Justice Department. They're not elected partisan positions. In fact, the head of the FBI. This doesn't really matter. But the head of the FBI was appointed by Donald Trump. So somebody who signed off on this is someone who Donald Trump said, you should be the head of the FBI. Mm-hmm. The Justice Department are stated and committed to being nonpartisan. Now, do a lot of us think Bill Barr functioned well in that role? No. So could the Justice Department function in ways? Did people blame Eric Holder in the Obama administration for thinking he was too close to the administration? For sure. There's always those questions. But these are not people who are acting primarily in a political party apparatus like Kevin McCarthy or Nancy Pelosi mm-hmm. or even Joe Biden, right? They're not, they're not candidates and they're not elected officials inside of a party system. So for those people, and a federal judge, so for these people to say, we should authorize FBI agents to go onto that property and look for certain items, it's not anywhere close to a reasonable statement of what happened to say the Democrats broke into my property. Mm. Do you see this thing Trump put out that it's like Watergate? I mean, honestly, the man is in my head just makes me crazy. Where he's like, you know, when the Republicans broke into the Democratic National Committee and stole those things, which then led to Watergate because then Nixon covered it up and it was the cover-up that he paid a million dollars to people stay silent. That became the thing that he was impeached Mm -hmm. for was uh, orchestrating this crime and then covering it up. Trump is like, well, now it's in reverse. Now the Democrats are breaking into my... Okay, first of all, when the FBI comes in with a search warrant, just by definition, that's not breaking in. Right. (laughs) When the law enforcement system comes in with a legally issued and, and delivered warrant, the word you'd use to describe that could be a lot of things. It could be uh, uh, an, a raid. It could, you, could, you could maybe call it, they invaded my space. They, they came into my space, right? They, they, um, they, uh, they, 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 they crossed into my public, my, my private spaces. What you can't call it is a break-in. They didn't right. break in. I mean, <laughs> they didn't jimmy the door with a crowbar. Like they didn't come at night with gloves on. They didn't know Jay Simpson this thing. They just <laughs> came in with a warrant, walked around the place with the Secret Service agents. Apparently, video recorded all of it and documented every bit. And we're looking for certain particular items. Call that a lot of things. A great day for America. A great day for. <laughs> But not a break-in. Yeah, I mean, just it's there's just no end to the 
dishonesty of not only Trump, but then Kevin McCarthy, what foolishness this man will go down for is ridiculous. The man who wants to be the the head of the House of Representatives, you know, currently the head of the of the the minority party. Mm-hmm comes out and is like, this is egregious. We're going to investigate the Justice Department, find oh out why gosh. they did this. Is that what law and order, the law and order party does? The law and order party starts to question the law enforcement agencies, the Justice Department, and your law and order, and you're like, you're going to answer to us because if you investigate, if you issue a, a search warrant and then go on to a property with a legal search warrant, we're going to call that political persecution. Right. Yeah. It's like they, they love law and order till it, it comes for them. They love free speech until it's free speech. They don't like, they want the government to not have any influence over them unless it comes to women's bodies. They, mm. they want all these things, but they want it their way. So it's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Law, law and order simply means when will you put into effect the things we want you to put into effect, right? right? They're all supportive of elections as long as they win. They want to have a yep. ballot initiative just to change the constitution in Kansas. And that's the thing they're going to push for. And mm-hmm. that's the thing they definitely want until it doesn't go their way. And then they say, oh, a bunch of shenanigans went on. Yeah. So, and, and look, I, I know Republicans want to say, it's not all Republicans. This is about Trump. When you start having prominent voices in the Republican Party, elected officials, Ted Cruz, Kevin McCarthy, Sarah Huckabee Sanders running for governor in Arkansas, former press secretary to the Trump administration, jumping out yesterday and saying, we th- this is outrageous, we can't live with it, Somebody, something has to be done. When, when you're doing that, y- you're just all in. There, there's no other way. You, you have implicated your entire political party and system in this. So I, it, yeah. there is just trouble brewing like you can't believe. And it's, it's wild that the Republican Party just can't quit this guy. Like Trump was the... <laughs> Keynote speaker at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Committee committee conference conference. Even yeah. not even that. It's not even a. It's not even a proper pack. Yeah, but they like this is their guy. They're they're willing to go down with this shit. Yes, and so just within you know twenty four hours of Trump giving this speech at CPAC, his home is raided by the FBI. They're like, yeah, that's that's our that's our boy. Let's yep. stick with him. And what I don't get, and I keep hearing this from people. I just heard it from a, f- a friend the other day. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't like Trump, and 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 I, I don't like the way he tweeted, and I don't like what he said. But but you know what? I, I really loved his policy, so I'm going to vote for him again. Okay, pick a policy you liked. Pick all of them. Mm-hmm. Everything you think Trump did great. I, I would love to have a conversation with anybody about whether those things were good for America or not. Totally could have a normal political conversation. But you pick all the things you think the Trump administration did well. Which of those things would not have happened had any other Republican been the president? So you can have all of that without all of this. So when people say, I really like Trump and liked his policies, so that's why I'm going to support him again, even though I don't like how he behaves, it's a little hard to take because you would have all of that without this. Mm-hmm. It's as if there's this car that you really love and you love how it 
and there's a big bag of rotting garbage in the back. <laughs> and someone says, I think you should get the garbage out of the back of your car. And you're like, no, I love uh, this car. I really like the car, though. I, I, you know where this car has taken me? This is the car I want to be in. I love the sunroof. You know, you know, this a, car a got me three Supreme Court justices. You think <laughs> I'm going to leave this car now? <laughs> this car took me to the places I wanted to go. Yeah, you know, a, a well-placed cup holder in a car, by the way, is really a, a reason to buy a car. <laughs> we, we, we all know that. I mean, you, if you've ever shopped for a car, you you should look around with a cup in your hand and make sure you know where that thing's going to go because that, that's, that's a deal breaker. You can have that car. Okay, Republicans. Now, I think you shouldn't buy that car. I think you're, you know, you're driving mm-hmm. a, a 1978 Vega and it makes no sense or it's a Pinto and it's going to get hit by a truck from behind and explode. I think you shouldn't drive the Pinto. But if you want the Pinto, get the bag of garbage out of the back and drive <laughs> away in your Pinto. Why people conflate Donald Trump, and then have to say, I don't like how he behaves. I don't like his, he's not a very good politician. He's not good at these things. Well, why don't you get all those policies? Because there's not a one of them that any other Republican wouldn't also have done. In fact, you could make an argument that any other Republican with any other political savvy and not sabotaging his own agenda on a daily basis could have done more of the things you want. So when people say this, it's not true. They're not saying, I just want him, I just elect, want him to be uh, running again or I voted for him again because I wanted his policies. Mm-hmm. You now have an airlock break between that period of time and the next time. Yeah. So to say, I want to support him next time because I liked his policies, just pick a rando. Any <laughs> one of the Republicans in the world there's hardly a thing Donald Trump did that Mitt Romney wouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. There's hardly a thing that Adam Kissinger Kissinger wouldn't have done. There's hardly a thing Liz Cheney wouldn't have done. There's hardly a thing Ted Cruz. Yeah, Ted Cruz. Just pick any of them. Now, I I would want to work against that and have a great, common, good conversation in our country about what we should do going forward. But this is not. It's just not true. So why is there this addiction to this man? Now, and, and maybe we're in it too. You know, I was I was complaining the other day about how much airtime the news gives to uh, Donald Trump, and and the the woman I love and live with said, "Yeah, you all talk about Donald <laughs> Trump an awful lot." So you know, uh, look out, Mister Glasshouses here. Look out, look out, Mister Billy Point Joel. Point taken, Shelley. Okay, all right, yeah, just you know, just 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 be easy on us. <laughs> so I, I'm with you. I don't understand why people can't break up with the guy. You know, why they've just got that Dido song, white flag running through their political <laughs> brains all the time that I will go down with this ship. Right. I don't get it. It's it's just nonsense. And then at CPAC, they doubled down on bringing in the authoritarian leader of Hungary yeah. as the primary international speaker at the Conservative Political Action Conference, Viktor Orban, of all people, wanted him to come speak to them. There was a time when Republicans looked at people like Viktor Orban and said, we have to do everything we can to overcome dictators and totalitarianism Mm -hmm. around the world. 
Now they invite him in as their speaker and say, do you have any good point? Do you have any help for us? Could you- <laughs> Got any you, tips? You give, the, give the good people a little bit of spunk? Like, how do you in Hungary run your authoritarian system? How do you make sure to message that people from outside of Hungary are not welcome, that immigrants are mm -hmm. otherized? How do you make sure that people who don't live and love the way you want are persecuted and jailed? Because we're sort of looking for that kind of thing around here. The idea that the same people who wouldn't speak out against they will not replace us chance at the Unite the Right rally at claims like six million are not enough by saying there are good people on both sides. The same people who speak out against woke culturism are the same people who are calling for a Christian nationalist movement in the mm -hmm. United States want to have on their stage speaking to them, Victor Orban, who, by the way, why does anybody go into the conservative political action conference even know who Victor <laughs> Orban is? Right. Of the 170 leaders in this world, why do you know that guy? Oh, you know why you know that guy? Because he's even more extreme than your guy. Uh -huh. That's why. The only reason you know about him is because people who love to bloviate on fascists and dictators and, and, and people that are extremists love themselves a Viktor Orban. I mean, just Google the guy for a minute if you don't yeah, know. Yeah, read the things he has said out loud to audiences of people. It's horrifying. <laughs> and they're like, ah... This is let's line him up. He's going to kick off our conference. So uh, I, I've been searching around to try to find out how many people were in attendance at the Conservative Political Action Conference at, at CPAC, and it, it, I can't find the number. But there's a photo that I took on my TV screen that showed the the room, uh, and this is, it looks a little bigger on here, at least on my screen, than when you start really looking closely. This is when Trump is speaking, and. Counting the chairs in that room, the room seats about a thousand people. There's about a thousand chairs in that room. This is the headliner. This is Trump's night. Where, by the way, he spoke for an hour and 45 minutes. No, as a podcast that loves to push an hour and 15 minutes, one guy <laughs> just talking at you for an hour and 45 minutes and looking at the age of, of this crowd, there were people that had to take a personal break in the middle of that. There's no doubt about it. Like uh, An hour and 45 minutes is a long time. Yeah, you're not getting through that. All the chairs weren't even full in that room. You can see them in the back. There's 800 people in there, something like that. There was a couple hundred people in an overflow room, wasn't even full. So all the things that we hear about, that Ted Cruz is there, that Marjorie Taylor Greene is there, that you know autocrats like Viktor Orban are there, that Donald Trump is there, like they're bringing out the mega election deniers, insurrection supporting side of the party. And it's a pay-for event. People from around the country travel there in Dallas, Texas, and the room's not full. Well, that should tell you something, that this movement is even within the Republican Party fringy. And the problem is not only that there's a fringe element, 30%, who are just losing their bearings and minds but it's that the 70% then comes rushing to support them. Mm -hmm. It's as if the entire system is just protecting this 30%. And the only reason, and I know we've talked about this before, and I, I, I am not saying this because I'm trying to be some uh, excuse-making, conspiracy-dancing uh, 
you know, social commentator. Donald Trump's campaign, and therefore the Donald Trump industry, took over the fundraising apparatus of the Republican National Committee. So Donald Trump holds and maintains the emails, the fundraising, and the database for the RNC. Any politician that wants access to that database to message those people, not only that, not only fearing that Donald Trump and his people will send out messages about them, but if they want access to it, if they want the money, it sits in Trump's hands. This decision made by Rance Priebus way back in 2017, where what they did was to turn over from the Republican National Committee to the Trump camp, uh, 2022 presidential campaign at the time, the control of that apparatus, that's what Trump has. That's why McCarthy, in Kevin McCarthy, in moments of clarity, stood on the House and Senate floor and said, Donald Trump is responsible for this insurrection. And then became clear, he also has the literal keys to the kingdom, meaning the website, the emails, and the fundraising. So no one can raise money through the Republican system that's been built for 50 years without going through Donald Trump. That's the thing he <laughs> owns and operates. So when you ask yourself, why is all of this happening? It's because so much funding comes through these small donors, these millions of people that send in five and 15 and 30 and 50 and $100, which by the way, so, so is Vote Common Good. So if you go to votecommongood.com and you go on our website and make a contribution, uh, I'll send you an email back and say, thank you very much for the contribution <laughs> because small donors make all this possible. But the, that's what's happening. And so we've ended up now in this country with this big movement that we're all happy about where politicians are raising small dollar donations that turn into a large amount of money. And Donald Trump's people own and operate that system within the Republican National Conference. So that's why this is going on. I do, the answers are not simple about where we go and how we move forward and all, all the rest of that. But if you wonder, why do these politicians keep going back to Donald Trump? Why can't they quit him? Now, why the average voters and so on don't just say, enough of this guy Yeah, uh, is, are, are, are reasons that are often separate from, from the politicians. And this is why you'll hear these people say privately, I wish he would step away, I wish he'd be done. Mm -hmm. And then publicly say, I'm not going to speak out against him because we still need access. And you know how Trump works. You cross the man, he thinks you cross him. Not even cross him. You don't do what he asks you to do, right. even if it's a criminal action, and he will cut you off. Mm-hmm. So that's why this is all going on. It's the it's the backstory. It's 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 where it all is. And and Republicans are super worried because the Trump people are in control of all these hundreds of millions of dollars they have going into this election in the fall. And they're not turning over the money. They're choking off candidates. <laughs> like if a candidate runs and doesn't isn't one of Trump's people, they're not going to get the money that mm -hmm. he's using to raise money through the the the, the fundraising apparatus. It's it's really the deep the deep truth about what's going on here. So it's one this is one of those cases because I don't think everything is about where's the money, right? You can't follow every problem in our society doesn't come back to to where's the money. This one, like how do politicians actually have enough resources to run campaigns that get increasingly expensive? 
well, you have to have a fundraising operation, and the RNC decided to turn that all over to Trump and Trumpism. Mm-hmm. And one person probably getting money from the Trump system, Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> she parrots <laughs> whatever story. Trump says. Like at CPAC, he said January 6th was fake, just like the attempt to kidnap Governor Whitner was fake. And Marjorie Taylor Greene says the th- same thing. She said, no one can convince me that good conservative Republicans were behind the January 6th insurrection. And on screen, we have this, this is one of the most bizarre political theater things I've ever seen. Uh, this is a, this is a man in a, like a jail orange jumpsuit with a MAGA hat. This is at CPAC. He's sitting in a pretend jail cell and Apparently, he sat there pretending to cry for hours throughout CPAC. This is some sort of like, and you could put on headphones and listen. Performance art. Performance art. You could listen to the sad testimonies of January 6th defendants who are in jail, apparently. It was some sort of statement about the mistreatment of the January 6th patriots. And in walks Marjorie Taylor Greene, opens the door, gets in there, and prays with this poor lost soul, this martyr for freedom. And it, this, then people this, burst out into like song and they pray the Lord's Prayer together. Just the most bizarre thing. So what they're saying is this man, this this performance art piece, this, this is not a person who, this is just a guy representing that, sort of acting that way. Yeah. And here's where it gets bizarre, right? Because the conspiracy-driven wackadoodle right, Alex Jones and that crowd, always use this, there's just actors, this is all fake stuff. Okay, in this case, it really is just actors. Like the the man who they're saying they're representing, this Jason, whoever the, the person is who was arrested for his actions at the, at the insurrection for leading it, that's not him. They're just <laughs> saying, this is a guy sort of, you know, doing a performance art piece as him. So it's just bizarre, to, as you've said, to, to that point, right? They're not, this isn't, they're not really praying for a person in this case. So then Marjorie Taylor Greene comes in and, you know, and and acts, acts this way. And then they baptize it all in prayer mm-hmm. as if he's the political martyr. A person who they're having this performance art actor represent, they're claiming is not someone who led an insurrection. He's someone who's a political martyr that somehow the legal apparatus in place while Donald Trump was president (laughs) arrested someone and turned him into a political martyr. Now, I don't know why they say Donald Trump would allow such things to happen. I don't know why they think that Donald Trump's Justice Department was willing to politically persecute people. This doesn't make any sense to me because January 6th was when Donald Trump was president and all the people who were arrested and and prosecuted after January 6th were were Trump people. So why that's a thing. And this isn't somebody who was arrested, you know, months and months later. This is somebody who was arrested day of. Right. and he's like this, you know, the cause celeb for these folks. And their argument now is, oh, we're going to turn January 6th convicts into political martyrs. Well, you can see why they're setting up for when Donald Trump is politically and legally charged for his participation, that he too is the chief martyr. Mm-hmm. 
And and this is where they've taken, you know, religious narratives, especially Christian narratives, perverted them, and now we're trying to act as if this is, you know, this is poor Stephen being stoned in the Bible story. This is, you know, the Apostle Paul being in prison. This is Jesus being crucified. That's what they're up to. It's utterly bizarre. Like of all the things that CPAC could talk about for around issues of injustice in this world, to give one of their, you know, presentation spaces in the in the hotel ballroom where, you know, they have tables set around for people to pitch their wares as they do at any conference, that one of these booth spaces is sold to people who can set up a fake little prison cell which by the way was quite large. Another thing, I've I've been in jail cells um both as somebody it's a pretty roomy for, one. Yeah. This 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 one is, you know, this is the this is the penthouse version apparently. What what they think this is and the guy, you know, just has a chair with a with a little, you know, uh, uh wide bars around him. It's not what jail cells look like. When when I when we were arrested in in Washington DC where this man was arrested and you're put in jail there, in this case it was for public you know, acts of, of civil disobedience. There's not jail bars. There's just a door with a tiny little window and brick walls and a small sleeping space and a little bitty tiny sink and toilet right in the same room. Like it's, it's, uh, it's, it's the size of a, you know, of a small camper, uh, with, with two people in it. Uh, so all of this business, some, jail cells. This is all just fabricated imagery where they want us to believe that this person, and then Marjorie Taylor Greene comes in, gets on her knees in, in front of him and looks up at him as if he's some sort of a beautiful martyr. And he's not the real prisoner. So what is she doing? <laughs> I don't know. Like, it, it's just... The, okay, so there is really a person who was arrested by the and, and being charged by the FBI and the Justice Department, arrested by the FBI and charged by the Justice Department. If you really did believe that he was a character who's being falsely persecuted, go and sit with him and pray with him. To do it with a pretend guy who's just <laughs> acting and you're a real congressperson is just ridiculous. It, it, it's it's the silliness of all of this stuff. Um and and yet, this is a person who you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who has all, all the passings of a full member of the United States House of Representatives. Oh, it's unbelievable, unreal. These people are in charge of crafting our laws, and I just I just can't. And and it's the extension of of the QAnon conspiracies too, right? I mean, what, one of the places I first heard about Marjorie Taylor Greene was way back when she was running in 20, um, 2019. And it was this QAnon conspiracy stuff was coming up. And I think on this on this Tuesday day of our podcast, we talked about how this QAnon thing was going around and there was somebody running for Congress who was a QAnon supporter. And I remember thinking like, okay, there's just no reasonable way that someone's going to be a QAnon supporter and try to run for Congress. Like, She's got to either pivot away from, well, no, she's just totally gone all in. And there are enough people to support her, to vote for her. Now, I think she very well could lose. You know, uh, we have a Vote Common Good candidate, candidate for Common Good that's uh, that's running against her in uh, the 13th Congressional District, something like that in Georgia. Hope that that happens. 
But there's a lot of people around there who think she's just fine, that all these shenanigans, her saying we should be Christian nationalists, Christian nationalism is something to be proud of, not something to be afraid of, mm -hmm. uh, which, by the way, comes straight out of Viktor Orban's argument in Hungary as well. That's why they love him so much, because he's trying to install a Christian government in Hungary. Yeah. Uh, it's like, just... Don't, don't be afraid of of saying what it is, just own it and like turn it into something positive. Like, yeah, don't apologize. Yeah. It's wild. And did you uh, see, I'm trying to find the picture of it, but, uh, they had a poster at CPAC that was like, we are all domestic terrorists. Did you see this? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, the level to it. which they just can't, the, I, I was. We're going to have a guest on the podcast next Monday, uh, Rabbi Joseph Edelheit, and and Joseph and I were were talking yesterday, and he said he said this great line. He said there, there's this whole movement among a certain the certain wing of the of the conservative, you know, fascist leaning movement. He said they've locked up tautology, and tautology is the is one of those fancy sort of words for the way we understand things. And they've inverted things that used to be seen as problematic and something you wouldn't want to associate with, and they've turned it into a feature of what they're up to. So they now realize, okay, there's a very good chance that domestic that some of us are going to be called domestic terrorists. So we should now try to turn that into something positive. <laughs> and turn. Uh, do, do you have that? Do you have that image? You want to show it for the yeah. The yeah. online watchers. By the way, if you're not watching on YouTube yet, you should really watch this on YouTube. You get extra uh, extra bonus if you watch on YouTube. So if you're only watching on Facebook or on Twitch or Twitter account, head on over to YouTube. <laughs> oh my gosh! This is well, the main stage on like the 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 screen situation. We are all the that is in, okay. So the 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 stage setting, which actually is kind of an impressive stage, I'll, I'll I'll give them that. It's a it's a big wide stage, has really nice colors, and above it there's a, a UFO looking like a huge stage size size chandelier above it that they is a screen, and they have an image on the bottom, an image running around the rim, and on that image around the rim, it really says, "We are all domestic terrorists." They're like, let's just own it, be proud. That's incredible. I, I had not heard this or seen this. Did somebody do an article about it or is there a pushback? Is somebody saying what, what they're up to? Why? why what? Um, and that's just, not Photoshopped, right? I'm like, like, I'm doing a Snopes right now. Okay. Just <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, this feels like the kind of thing that, you know, some, some sassy person's like, oh, right. I know, I'm going to, I, I, uh, I and here, here, this is like a local about. Texas like newspaper posted this one. So okay. they're fooling the local news. Well, and here's, here's what's hard about it is <laughs> we're really in a moment where it, in my mind, it could go either way. This could be something that somebody made up and is just punking all of us. Mm -hmm. And you have to look on Snopes.com, which by the way, if you don't know about that little website, it does a great job of finding these popular memes and pictures and stories and tells you if they're true or not. So it could be one of those. Or this same group really could have put in their on their text, you know, their changeable text above the stage. We are all domestic terrorists. It really could go either way. I, 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 
There is hardly a thing around this conversation that I wouldn't think, no, I don't think they would actually say that. Really? Something, something else. All right, well, I mean, I, I, I won't even go as far as calling these people domestic terrorists. If they're self-proclaiming their domestic terrorism sympathies, <laughs> I don't want to give them, you know, marketing advice. That's not a great mode to be in if if they're if they're trying to suggest that they're that they are actually domestic terrorists. But I thought the same thing about the Christian nationalist thing, and then Marjorie Taylor Greene is like. Oh yeah, I'm a Christian nationalist. You should be too. Fair enough. Yep, yep. But you at least know that, like, there's been a whole movement in America to to make this a Christian nation, and Christian nationalism has been an argument that people have argued about popularly. Thought was a good thing. Nobody thinks being a domestic terrorist. <laughs> well, tr- well <laughs> Trisha says in the in in one of the comments I see here, uh, it's real. And there's some speculation on whether they got hacked. Okay, that's a third option that is just <laughs> somehow unbelievably wonderful, right? That uh, no, it was on their banner, but somebody you know snuck in and and did such a thing. I mean, look, it, as as you know, Dan is the, the the producer of this live stream and podcast. You have to type words of description about what we're up to, right? So someone's typing. If it got hacked, then someone got in the system. And it's a little, I don't know how it it works for the wording on the screens and banners, digital banners around a stage. Hacking that doesn't seem like something that's all that like possible, right? (laughs) It's it's connected to a computer that's, you know, that's that's just just going, someone's got their fingers on the keyboard, in other words, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like they're, um, and if that was the case and it got hacked, you don't think these people would be out. No, Tricia, you might be right. And, and maybe they just don't even want to raise awareness to it. But if the local Texas newspaper is posted that picture, you'd think they'd be out saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, we're not. People that do this kind of thing, this they would, they would show themselves to be the victims that they are. Because again, our theory around here is in the American subcult, in the American culture, subconsciously, there's three characters, heroes, victims, and villains. And nobody ever wants to be anything but a hero. If you can't be the hero, you can at least be the victim to this crowd, but you're certainly not going to be the villain. So what they would be doing is saying, don't show us to be the villain, show us to be the victim, right? They, mm-hmm. You would think they would be out in front of this and making a big deal that someone broke into our system and tried to claim that we're domestic terrorists. And as they might be want to say, a little paraphrase on other phrases I've heard from them. The only thing worse than being a domestic terrorist is being accused of being a domestic terrorist. <laughs> have, have you heard this around racism? This is this is the new meme and argument. Oh gosh, you know what's worse than being a racist? Being accused of being a racist. Yeah, really? That's worse. <laughs> I, I, I'm not even sure you should put things on moral uh, standing to begin with, but if you choose to. No, it's not worse to be accused of being a racist than being a racist. It's worse to be a racist than to be accused of being one. Uh, and it's worse to be a domestic terrorist and to call yourself one than it is to have someone else call you one. That's, that seems that seems reasonable to, to me. I mean, it's not good if someone calls you a domestic terrorist and you're not. 
but you should say something. If if someone took over your screen at your event, well, first of all, you should probably you know figure out some security, and mm-hmm. secondly, you should you should come out and be be very clear. That is not us saying that about us. That's yeah. other people saying that about us. So and apparently, it is they haven't. It, it is real. I saw a video of it. They really put this on their screens, but people are saying it was sarcastic. So there. Then there's that argument. Of course, that's their argument. That was Trump when he said that too. Like I didn't know. Uh, was, I was you're not just, in on the joke. I was just kidding. Yeah. Look, I, I am a big fan of sarcasm. I, I I have been you know struggled with it my whole life. That that people are just like you know sarcasm is not the greatest level of humor, and you should really step. So I've tried to you know try to moderate my sarcasm as it comes out of my mouth. Um, I think there's some smart little sarcastic you know like. Um, what I'm doing right now. Like that's, I don't know, I think it's clever sometimes. <laughs> Putting up on the scroll above your screen, we're all domestic terrorists. That's not, sarc- that's not even fun, funny sarcasm. Like put it in quotes maybe, or... Well, yeah, if you're trying to... Uh, even then, there's nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're trying to point out that the media or something is saying that you are all domestic terrorists. Oh, I see. Don't, what don't add the we. Don't change it to yeah. own it. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, you know, I am Brianna, Brianna Taylor, right? Maybe that's what they're getting at. Is that the sarcasm? I, I mean, I'm try- I, why, why am I trying to help, help figure out how these yeah. people are thinking? Because, because there is this movement, right, where someone's uh, prosecuted, persecuted, suffering, and other people mm-hmm. want to join in that, right? So solidarity. we're all the immigrant yeah. solidarity. But you don't typically pick domestic terrorists to be the one that you're trying to be in political and social solidarity with if you're a political movement. <laughs> it's, again, it, it just moves us to an area where you think, what has happened to these Republicans? It's... It has just gone further, and every year, I mean, look, you can go back 15 years, and I at least have a radio show on a political radio, progressive political radio station here, and we talk about CPAC all the time, and it was really toxic and really broken and really bad. Had someone said, well, here's my guess, in 15 years, you know what they're going to have? There's going to be an insurrection, and there's going to be a fake jail cell, and a sitting Congress person is going to come into that jail cell and talk to a fake actor about you know praying for them, and they're, <laughs> they're going to put up on the screen... Uh, sort of sarcastic. We're all domestic terrorists. <laughs> People would be like, "No, they're not. That's that's never. That, that's not what this is. That's not what the political conservative movement is about." Well, as it turns out, any of this stuff. And look, there's a lot of things that 15 years ago you couldn't have imagined on 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 every end. You know, you there's just things that we couldn't have wrapped our brains around that could have happened. And this is one of them. They're, and they're not all positive things. I mean, there are some very positive things who would have known and you can fill in the blank for mm-hmm. some social progress that's happened. And then there's this. Yeah. And how you put your head around it. Well, hey, it's Tuesday, uh, which also means it's election day in some places, including in the great state of Minnesota and mm. uh, our fancy neighbor, Wisconsin. So people are voting in the, uh, are voting in the primaries uh, today. I, I will uh, go up to my community center and uh, vote. I, my there was a re like a lot of places because of the 
uh, census of 2020, there was a recalibration of political districts, redistricting that happened. And I now am in a different, I didn't move, but the system moved around us. So I'm now in a different place. I have to go vote at a different spot. And Mm -hmm. so it's going to feel all fresh. I've been voting for 22 years in the same place. And now I have to go to a new place. So it's, you know, very exciting for, for middle-aged people like me to have a little, a little shift, just in a little primary. We don't have, there's nothing else on the docket. There's no, there's no, uh, 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 other things to be voting for. There's really nothing contentious. Uh, my sitting congressperson has a primary challenger. My sitting congressperson is Ilhan Omar, and she has a challenger. So some people are watching that closely to see mm. how she's going to do uh, in that. And uh, but over in Wisconsin, in her, you know, over at the fancy neighbors, well, over at their place, there's a lot on the line. They will decide today who the Democratic Senate candidate is going to be. Uh, that's going to run against um, Ron Johnson. Mm -hmm. So that's a big deal of what's going on over there. And over in Wisconsin, apparently people are trying to run for governor against the Democratic elected governor. And Donald Trump has supported one candidate and Mike Pence has supported another. And those two are uh, are sort of running against each other. So that's a thing that's Mm -hmm. uh, up in the air. Uh, Again, one of the other signs that uh, Mike Pence is breaking from Donald Trump and is going to take him on head to head when it comes to the nomination. And again, all those people who say, I just love his policies and don't like all the crazy, hmm. Pence is like, pick me. Seems like you'd want Pence. And, he says uh, less awful things. Yes, does probably will do more awful things. Yeah, literally um, will get more done because he seems more competent at his job. So that's almost scarier for the rest yes. of us. But well, he, he's like he's like us. He's this small bucket that will carry slightly more water than Trump, who's a small bucket with a hole in it. So you know, Pence is not good. He just doesn't have the same hole. That, that Trump has, right? He doesn't have the same deficit. He's not, you're not losing as much. But whether, and, and whether Liz Cheney runs for office, like she very well may run for the presidential nomination in the Republican Party or try to split the party and form some new party and all the rest of this, become a, a candidate for that group that, you know, Andrew Yang and Crowder put together. I really like what Mike Pence did on January 6th. I really like how he's standing up to Trumpism and said Donald Trump is wrong. It's my ringtone on my phone. I really like, it's not what it should be. I really like how Liz Cheney's doing that. I don't think either of those people should be president of the United States. Yeah. But they're better than Trump. The, mm-hmm. so, so this is where, you know, you, you, you find yourself in the binaries is this is better than that and not as good as that. And so I, I would love to make the argument that you, you know, that Pence is way better than Trump or any one of them, pick them. It, it, as despicable as many of the, top tier presidential possibilities are even Mike Pompeo, the former secretary of state and, and former congressman, who I think is just something else, a uh, real troubling fella would be better than Donald Trump. And I think, you know, we would then be back to political arguments in this country and not the fear that someone's going to try to dismantle the federal government from the executive branch. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, break the law and flush things down the toilet, and <laughs> and try to shake down, you know, uh, presidents of Ukraine and and just all the rest, like mm-hmm. like all the things, everything Donald Trump is known for. So 
people in Wisconsin, uh, all the best to you by tonight. Uh, I think this is the I think this is the final day for all the rest of the primaries in the country. There might be one out in uh, West somewhere. Somebody can mm. probably tell us in the, in the chat if they still have one up and coming. But I think the slate will be determined now for November. And by the way, okay, so we didn't get to this. How much time do? Oh boy, what time is it? <laughs> Uh, this is, this is like, this is like hour and two minutes. A, a Trump speed. An hour and two minutes. That's it. All right. Let's talk about the uh, the inflation. Uh, get the inflation under control act. The Build Back Better Inflation Act. The the Build Back Biden Act. What's it? What, what, what are they calling it? Build the, back, the, beat, the anti-inflation. The beat back inflation. Beat back inflation. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't they do that? Beat back inflation act. <laughs> oh, the Inflation Reduction Act. Okay, yeah. See, yeah. see, that's the thing that that a more reasonable person calls it. Um, you know, yeah, we don't have inflation. to get cute with this. We don't have to alliterate everything. Well, let's build back better. So, beat back inflation feels like it would sort of go on the album. <laughs> um, so, what the Senate pulled off is pretty incredible. I know there's a lot of people who are disappointed with what's been accomplished by Democrats. On election day 2022 or 2020, if you had said the Congress will pass infrastructure spending, reduction in, in inflation, climate bill, renegotiating uh, prescription drug pricing, all the things that have come out of the Biden administration. If you'd said that in November of 2020, people would have been like, that will be incredible. That's mm -hmm. historic levels of success at the federal level. This is, this is something that will be a triumph beyond belief. Then in January, on January 5th, two senators, Democratic senators in Georgia, win their elections to a shock of a lot of people. And the Democrats end up taking over control of the Senate. And then the idea of what can be accomplished got multiplied by five. And that then became the new standard. Mm -hmm. Now we're back to what would have been historic successes in November of 2020 with this little interlude of what we could have if every Democrat will stay in line and you can force a couple of uh, Republicans to come over or you change the filibuster. All things that were very unlikely to happen. So they did the infrastructure bill, they did this guns bill, and now they've done through, through reconciliation, which somehow I don't understand the difference between things that can be about spending versus budget reconciliation versus really passing bills, whatever that distinction is where they only need 50 votes. Everyone should just be cheering this all on. This is incredible. Inflation's going to be down. Jobs are going to be up. Huge successes in, in laws being passed. It should be an absolute romp for Democrats going into November. Everything people would have wanted or thought they could get in November of 2020 has now come to pass. And yet people are still going to feel like, well, it didn't uh, get not, it all. It's, it's, it's not what we thought we could get in January. Yeah. And man, that is a tough, mm -hmm. that's a tough thing. And that's on the Biden administration, right? The Biden administration decided to put all of this into those two huge bills and to try to cast it as an, you know, as a, a historic level of, of change. And instead what we got was the second greatest level of investment in things that matter to people since the, you know, the dawning of the great society in the 1930s and 1940s, the remaking of America at a lot of levels. It's incredible. And yet it feels like, you know, it's not nearly that great. It's, it's, it's why our, our realtor used to tell us when we were looking for houses, don't go looking for houses you can't afford. 
because it's just going to make the house you can't afford feel like you're, it's a step <laughs> down, right? Uh, yep. Just don't do that. Like, like don't set your, your emotional expectations at a level of something you're not going to get. And they made that mistake, uh, the, the, the Biden team did. And they really thought they were going to pull some Republicans over, um, mm-hmm. which, again, was never going to happen, which <laughs> right. is why control Maybe of Congress Maybe in another world more. where people cooperate to get things done to better America, that would happen, but not in this climate. Yeah. But then the Biden administration also did things like promise to forgive student loans and then just decided not to. You know, like they yes. promised some things that they have the power to actually do. Yes. And then decided for whatever reasons, maybe they have good reasons. I haven't really heard any good reasons. I mean, I'm sure they did the math before they promised that, right? Like, <laughs> Yo, they did. They did the math on student loan forgiveness and then it, they started floating it and getting it together and a whole lot of people said, whoa, 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 hang on a minute. You're going to give loans, loan forgiveness, in other words, federal dollars to the people in the country who went to college? Like the more beneficial part of our society even gets more. And this huge pushback came to say, if we're going to spend money on, on education, it shouldn't be on giving people who already have a leg up by getting a college education just more of a leg up. We have to figure out something else. And because of all the other things going Mm -hmm. on, they step back from it. So it's quite possible that in the 2023 and 2024 Congress, they're going to take another run at that that has some limits on it about what kinds of student loan forgiveness can um, can be actualized by people because there's still not enough spending happening on other parts of our society for people to feel like we should give, you know, billions of dollars of relief to people who already have a college education or have a, you know, have student loans for going to graduate school or becoming a lawyer or a doctor or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, I think that's what happened was that the, the realities of that promise started to run into real opposition and they didn't want to turn more people against uh, the, the administration. So, so that's part of what's up, I think. Yeah. What's going on. So, so they might come back to that, uh, to that again and to find some way uh, to make that feel sound and be more equitable for people who get the, who get the benefit because it started to ring pretty hollow for people that are like, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> Those are the people, you know, you think the people you're worried about are the people with college degrees or went to college. What about all the people that never went to college? What do, what do they get? You know, um, what, what I'm surprised they didn't do is put the child tax credit thing back in here. Yeah, well, right? Joe Manchin didn't like that from the start, so yeah. So that, there's your reason for that. <laughs> and that also really could change when we get, you know, as Tricia says, some, I mean, they're not going to get to a supermajority in the in the Congress in the Senate. They're not going to get to 60 Democratic senators. They could get to 52. It's really quite possible that they could hold the seats they currently have. Democrats, this is. Democrats could hold the seats and they could pick up Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. There's a very real possibility of that. So you get to 52 senators. Now, if Democrats don't hold the House, well, it doesn't matter how many senators you've got, right? Mm -hmm. Because all, all three parts of our lawmaking system, the executive branch and the two legislative branches, Senate and Congress have to sign off on all these laws. So you, you, you have to have some, 
some negotiation. And if you get if you get Kevin McCarthy as the leader of the Republicans in the House, there will be no they won't pass anything. Yeah. It'll it'll just I mean, no, I shouldn't say it. They'll just pass the most basic stuff that doesn't mean anything to everyone. Because this Congress has actually passed a lot of laws. Uh, a lot of things have happened, but most of them are just perfunctory stuff that nobody cares about. You know, nobody's like all jazzed about most of the things mm-hmm. that Congress does on most days. There's, there's, it's only the big stuff that many yeah. of us care about. Well, we care about it, and that's what makes it the big stuff. It's not even often the most big spending. You know, most big spending is happening in social programs and and the and the military. So even this kind of stuff, you know, spending billions of dollars over ten years on climate, it's not all that all that huge. But but it's a it's it's a massive shift. You know, mm-hmm. um, apparently apparently there are two million solar panels in America, which doesn't seem like very many. Uh, and this is going to make, they think the outcome of this in whatever, five years or six years, something like that, will be six million solar panels. So I'm like, okay, don't say the numbers because that doesn't seem very... <laughs> <laughs> don't, maybe just yeah, more yeah. solar panels. Yeah, I saw yeah some we're going to have three like, times as many solar panels. That sounds like a great idea. Like, oh, the federal government's picking winners and losers again with this solar uh-huh. panel stuff. Yeah, they kind of been doing that with the oil industry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's pick the other just, winners. We're just picking a new winner. It's not like, ah, you know, whatever. Hey, I, I like Nate's uh, question to us. Y'all in the same room on split screen? Nope, <laughs> we're not in the same room. We're not even in the same state. We're yeah. we're in different states on a split screen. Do we yeah. both hang guitars in our rooms? Yes, but that's only because yeah. I wanted to have a room that looked like Dan's. Dan is a actual <laughs> musician. I am a want to be guitarist and uh i had to hang my guitar somewhere and so i chose to put it right behind me and then i borrowed friends over on that wall over there and then my own little electric guitar over here by the way dan do you hang your acoustics all winter or do you put them in a case with a humidifier this is something i've been obsessing about recently i usually have them in a case um like my halfway decent acoustic keep it in a case i don't do the humidifier thing just never have yeah, oh, I now remember you talking about yeah. this. Yeah, I'm anti-humidifier. You're anti-water in the air. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, because you think, hey, just let that thing, uh, you know, go through its natural woody experiences, yeah, and we'll just, we'll just just be its be its own deal. Yep. Yeah, I've wondered about that. I, I, you know, should you take a good guitar and keep it in a case? That seems to be what people say. Is keep it in a case. I mean, unless you're gonna like completely climate control. The existence of that guitar, I just, I just let it live, you know. All right, all right. Let it get a few scars. Let it get beat up, just like you, you know. Oh no, I want the thing to shine like a sweet little baby, like just <laughs> little little babies that are perfect when they come out, and you look at their sweet little mm-hmm. cheeks. That's that's what I want, just little sweet cheeks guitar that <laughs> looks great. So forty years from now, when people are like, "Oh, this was your great grandpa's guitar, wasn't it?" and they're like, "It looks great." Uh, you know, he's he's long gone, but boy, that thing looks just. Well, that guitar is in great shape. Yeah, but yeah. Thanks to everyone in the chat. It was a very active chat. Uh, Nate mm-hmm. Dog had some other comments that we can't repeat. But glad you're watching, Nate Dog. You know, hit that subscribe <laughs> button on your way out. Peggy, Jim, Dave, uh, Lori, Beth. Thanks for all the comments, Tricia. Wow, boy, there's a lot of them. Mark and Nate Justin. Dog, we really appreciate you sticking with us. It's just really, really tremendous. Yeah, and check your spelling on a couple of things, but that's not that <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. think that's how you spell that word, but it's that's that fine. It's, different. it's a different word. <laughs> <laughs> that 
how you spell that word. Uh, but but hey, but hey, we, we look. And Greta, I hope you got off this page because she said, "I really want to get off this." Page. Greta was trapped on this page somehow. Yeah, that that happens. It might might, might be a Facebook might, might be a Facebook glitch where Facebook is just pushing us out to people who you know are unable to close your browser. But hey, the issue, a bigger issue isn't uh, how do people get off, but how do people find all this? And the best way people find any of this is for you to share it and comment and push it around and send people over to our YouTube channel. If you like any of this, copy that link, send it out to some friends, maybe make a list of 80 or 100 people that you email three or four times a week uh, with, <laughs> with things that they could find on the internet. I've heard that works well. And if you're not yet on the Vote Common Good email list, please consider getting on it. We, uh, you know, as we, as we like to remind people, we're not going to email you twice a week or anything. It's four times a week, actually. So, so don't you know? You're, you're not wasting your time by signing up for our list. If you're like, hey, I just you know, I feel like I go and sign up for people's email lists, and then I just rarely hear from them. What? How is it worth it going all the way over there and typing my email in one more time? Well, for us, we will we will be in touch. In fact, if anyone's in the Buffalo or Rochester, yes, Michelle, we do have some yard signs. We don't sell them. We give them to people for donations. And yes, we have some. And yes, they will be made available. Some of these that are hanging on my very wall over here will be available for you. So get in our email list and you'll start seeing those, uh, how you can get your hands on one of those in the next couple of, uh, couple of weeks when yard sign season comes. But if you're in the Buffalo, Rochester area of New York on Friday... Vote Common Good and uh, a number of other uh, faith political groups are holding a press conference to raise our voices in opposition to the Reawaken America tour, which is the Roger Stone, Michael Flynn, Christian nationalism tour oh, that's going around the country. And so we're going to be creating a little, uh, a little um, awareness around uh, the fact that a lot of Christian people and Christian leaders say no to all of that. And so we say no to Christian nationalism. And uh, if that's something that's interesting to you, uh, get our email list. We'll keep you up on all that. And if you're in the area, come and find us. We'd love to see you over there. And of course, you can get all the downloads of free curriculum that we have on Christian nationalism and all the rest of it. So, all right. Is that good, Dan? That's are great. We, are we set and settled tomorrow yeah. around with Terry Chapman? So if you're uh, just a regular around here on our YouTube channel, just, you know, just wait for us to come. I won't say anything about telling you to subscribe or hit that bell if you don't already know how that works. Don't worry about it if you do and you've already signed up. Good for you. But you'll know tomorrow if you've signed up for notifications that we're live now uh, sometime around 10 a.m. Central Time. Is that when we're on, Dan? Do you know tomorrow? I don't. I, okay. That sounds good. It's knowable. It's just not known to us. <laughs> you know. Uh, all right. Is it good? Yeah. We'll see everybody tomorrow. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.